0: Sports Miss Liz Loza, Mr. Milt Stegos, through Davis Sanchez, current scout for the Indianapolis Colts, Joy Elliott, and that's why I rock with him. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. See, that's why I rock with JV, man. JV. the show i am pleased to introduce he doesn't even need an introduction for all those who play fantasy football you know his name mr adam rank adam thanks for joining the show today how you doing
1: uh thank you so much i'm a little not upset i don't think that's gonna be the right word for me to say but you are trying to sneak past because you know a lot of times we'll come into these chat rooms before the show starts making small talk I always have this like I always say to people, don't don't do the show the show in the green room. You never want to do that. And then we got into a delightful little conversation where I was able to discern the fact that you were Canadian. Without even knowing anything, I'm like, oh, I could tell you're Canadian. I can already tell. Like, we've talked for 30 seconds and I know. And I was gonna dazzle you. Ask me, ask me how the weather is right now. How's the weather in California? It's not great. It's it's not even 20 degrees out. Wow. Out here in LA. Not even 20 degrees.
0: Wow. You're
1: right there. It's about 16 right now. Overcast,
0: cloudy. It just stopped snowing here. So that sounds wonderful.
1: Yeah, 16 would
0: be good to you. What is it there? About zero? <laughs> you know what? We've had a few nice days, but the snow just took a break. So it's been about a week or two since since we got rid of it. So I would die for 16. But I understand that's sparkle weather for you guys. You know, actually, i am gotten used to it because I
1: live near the coast. You know, I'm in Orange Ah. County. I live near the coast. So, you know, 20, that's a good day. We'll go out there. That's fine. My kids, yeah, my kids, seven and four, they're 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 wimps. They anything above 20 and their faces get beat red. They can't handle it. I'm like, I was I listen, I didn't grow up in Chicago, but I, I I use it when it's to my advantage. I'm like, oh, my ancestors, your ancestors would die for days over 20, and these kids. Everybody's spoiled now, but uh, but otherwise, it's good.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. That's what we like to hear. Hopefully, you're getting some good sunlight. We're uh we're just getting that in now too. So get in those UV rays, which is wonderful. Um, you're the fantasy god. Everybody knows you for fantasy. Before we get into your story, I want to talk about a hot topic in Bijan Robinson right now, floating around the NFL fantasy circles. He is currently ranked as the number three running back on fantasy pros. Huh. What are your thoughts? Like, is it worth spending the early first round pick on him?
1: Yeah, you know what? I would rather go with the wide receiver. You know, if you figure that you could end up with Devonte Adams, Tyree Hill, somebody like that, getting Garrett Wilson in the second round, I'm kind of leaning more towards that way. It really does depend on the individual and the scoring system. I know that half point PPR and full point PPR is going to make a little bit of a difference, but it is an interesting question because I'm in a dynasty league. Where it's a it's a two court it's a super flex league, and I had the one point oh one and I could have taken you know Tony Richardson or CJ. S- I needed a quarterback, Bryce, Bryce, uh, Bryce Young. I still ended up going with Bijan because I'm like you know what, even if we're tanking again this year, like I feel like I can I can overcome the uh, the quarterback issue. I think he's that good of a talent. I think my friend uh, Charles Rob was it Charles uh, Charles McDonald over at Yahoo. So that the Falcons are like the NFL's version of an and one mix video. So I'm like, ah, I kind of like that. I got to want to get in on that offense. And remember, Arthur Smith was the apparently the only guy in Tennessee who uh, who saw Derrick Henry running and was like, yeah, we should go with that guy. Like that guy looks pretty good. What are we what are we doing? So I kind of like it. I, I think it's good. I three. I'm trying to think of like the two running. I, I, I know who the first two running backs are. Like yeah, I don't know. Like everybody else is kind of risky. Like why not have fun? Fantasy's all about having fun. Go for it. I remember a couple of years ago, people were taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round, and uh, that didn't work out. But I think Bijan is a much different prospect, and I think you'll be much. I think you'll be fine if you end up taking him.
0: No, I was just about to go there because that was, that was wild in itself, but I think Bijan has a little bit more to support his argument and that Atlanta offensive line is also great. Three is a little pricey. Like it's up there. If you're willing to take the risk, that's fine. A lot of people treat fantasy as life. So I don't know if they want to take that full risk, but if you're, if you're treating it as it is, as you can't really lose unless you got a ton of money on the line. I think that's, that's not a bad pick where it is. So definitely interesting how he's you know come onto a team that probably won't be fantastic next year you know not Super Bowl contenders where we sit right now yeah. but he could definitely be valuable um, and is going as right now the RB3 on fantasy bros Adam I want to talk to you a little bit about your story how did you become an NFL analyst like was this always a dream as a kid of yours did you always want to be on TV what path did you kind of take to become who you are today
1: Definitely always wanted to be on TV. That was, that was one of my goals. Mostly I was, you know, I wanted to be on Saturday night live. Like that was my thing. Um, I love sports obviously, but Saturday night live was always kind of my, my default of something that I really wanted to do. My sister is in, um, she's in television production and she's, you know, like, we well, always was always like something like I my dad and I were obviously into sports, but always loved comedy, always loved, SNL, sketch comedy, and things like that. So I thought that perhaps that would be one way for me to go, but not to argue with what I had going on because when I was a youngster, I was, you know, the only, I was the first member of my immediate family to graduate from or go to to attend and graduate from a four year university. As the youngest, my my parents were kind of like, just go to college. I'm like, no, nah, I just want to go do stand up. Like, no, no, no. Go to college. Just stop it. And I'm like, okay, so I go to college. I go, uh, I was a local kid out here in Southern California, grew up out here. I know I was born in Chicago, grew up in California. It's very confusing to a lot of people because they're like, how do you like the Angels and the Bears? (laughs) Like, what is it? What's the thing? I'm like, well, first of all, there's no football team out here. So had to root for somebody. Uh, Why not where I was born and the team that my parents love? I go to Cal State Fullerton. And then, you know, I was a, you know, uh, a good enough high school baseball player. I'm like, why don't, I end up, uh, you know, uh, trying out for this baseball team. And so, uh, I went out there and spent some time. Now, if I was somebody else, you know, I would, I would, I would give you the song and dance about like, Oh, I, I tore my meniscus and I was never the same. Uh, turns out I was just, I wasn't good. <laughs> I I wasn't, I just wasn't good enough. Actually, you know, what's funny is, uh, I, are you a big baseball fan?
0: Not huge, not huge, but, but I could, I could tell you a few facts. All
1: right. This is this, this story is going to fall upon deaf ears and that's fine. Cause I'm going to tell it anyways, because uh, I I have this thing where I don't know my audience and I will just tell stories that don't relate to anybody, but I'm going to wedge them in there anyways. Cause I find them fascinating. And you asked me for my story. Uh, but when I was the years that I was in Cal state Fullerton, uh, two guys who are now current MLB managers, Phil Nevin and Mark Kotze, would have been my contemporaries. I Contemporaries, because I clearly was not that good. Mark Kotze and I, uh, same height, same sort of – he is bigger than me, but, you know, same height, left-handed guys. And uh, you go out of the field, and uh, you see Mark Kotze sitting there, you know, major league ball player, played a long time in the major leagues. And you're like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. Like, I'm, I'm not on his level. And they're like, hey – like they had a thing, a sheet of like, eh, hey, this guy's good. Like they're very blunt about where you are as a as a baseball player, which is good because it doesn't it doesn't give you delusions of grandeur. Like oh, screw this guy. Like I could have played, like you know, you couldn't have. Uh, if you could have, you would have been recruited. Uh, it's very rare the person who gets through the who's who goes through the, especially in Southern California, uh, who get who who falls through the cracks. There was a reason why I fell through the cracks. So they're like, God, like they're, you're a you a decent high school player. We can tell, like you have some ability. Like maybe, uh, rec softball league would work out well for you. Damn. Not even like the guys who are good. It was funny because like if you were a good enough ball player, this happened to a couple of friends of mine. If you were good enough, we had this pipeline to Texas Tech, where they would be like, "Hey, Texas Tech will take you. Like you're not going to play here, but you know you can play at Texas Tech." I was like, "Hey, uh, is Texas Tech an option for me?" And they're like, "Nope." <laughs> uh Lambda Chi Alpha is an option for you. You can go play on their intramural softball team, which I did. And uh it worked out pretty well. So I went to call this is I know this is not even everybody's like, get to the point, Rank. Um so I went to school, Cal State Fullerton. Didn't know I'm I'm just there to appease my parents. I try out for baseball. I joined a fraternity, I'm a business major and it still sucks. And my friend, uh my friend's mother, who was an educator, uh, I was there on a Christmas or, uh Thanksgiving break. I was talking to her like, ah, school going. I'm like, oh, it's terrible. It's garbage. Why am I doing this? Uh, and she's like, what are you doing? You know, I'm I'm taking business classes. It's not fun. I go everything outside of my business classes are fun. She's like, why don't you, she's like, you're a proficient writer. Like, why don't you go into journalism or something like that? And I'm like, uh, you can, you can do that. Like, really? Like, she's like, yeah, like you, they, like you, I was sending emails to sports editors back as a kid. Like you could do that as a profession. I'm like, no way. So I went in and I found journalism. And so I will speed this story up. I'm not going to try. I'm not going to do like the Barry skip ahead eight years. But so I go into journalism, uh, start covering some of the, high, some of the college sports, like women's soccer, and, which was amazing. It was really fun. Like it was actually really a lot of fun. Eventually got to cover baseball. So Augie Garrido was like, oh, this is where you belong. I'm like, I know I, I, I found my, I found my place, Skip. I get it. It's fine. We don't have to keep rehashing this. Actually, Auggie wasn't even the guy who cut me, which was still unfair, because Augie's like, ah, oh, like Cashell didn't. I'm like, no, I'm like he knew what he's doing. So we go through. Uh, I get it. I start writing for the L.A. Times covering high school sports, which was amazing. I get an opportunity to intern for the NFL, mostly because I have this L.A. Times background, which was funny when I go into my my internship interview. Uh, the guy's like, oh, like he looks at my resume. His name's Chuck Garrity, Chuck Garrity Sr. Because oh, LA Times. Like, does, does Craig Stanky still work there? Yeah, like who was your editor? I'm like, Bob Roy. He's like, oh, and then talked about people that we knew. And he's like, okay, I'll call you in a couple. I'm like, that was it. Like, we're just talking about who worked at the LA Times. Uh, they did call me. I interned, I interned there for like three summers. And then eventually what happened was is uh uh spoiler alert, I graduate and I got nothing to do. And uh, I was at this tavern in Newport Beach, Cassidy's in Newport Beach, and I was sitting on a Sunday afternoon. So typically when I was done with my college internship, we would have a little party, we'd bring in Tito's tacos, I'd get some NFL swag, I would say goodbye to everybody. Uh, but Chuck was on vacation. And so like, it just, the, the date kind of came and went. And I was like, oh, like you know, like, that was my last day. I still my key card and everything. And I just, on that Sunday afternoon, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to show up to work tomorrow. I'm getting paid. You know, I'll fill out a timesheet still. Like, we'll see what happens. So uh, for two weeks, I was living the high life, just like, whatever, just doing this thing and just hanging out and, you know, asking people like, hey, got any, which was basically my job, just walking around to these editors. Like, hey, do you guys need any help? Need anything? Somebody was starting this project where they were doing trading cards for Ron Mix. So when Chuck Garrity came back from his vacation, he was stunned to see me. He goes, oh, he's like, rank what are you doing here i'm like oh yeah peterson it's got me on this uh this ron mix card set for upper deck i'm looking up quotes and facts and he's like there it and he just walked away i'm like oh, okay so i just stayed there and then like uh three 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 four months later whatever i had a little office too it's kind of cool um he comes into the office and he goes hey he's like dude you, you can't intern forever and you're like fuck oh i'm sorry i don't know if i can work <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. go <laughs> Um. Sorry about that for anybody. I go, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm cooked now. And he, but no, he just had a little yellow post-it note. It's like, ah, we're just going to hire you. Uh, here's what you're going to make. And like, you're making like 11 bucks an hour, which averages out to whatever, $39,000 a year, whatever. Um, I had that post-it note forever. I finally lost it um, after one too many moves because I was, I, there was a point of pride for me. So I did that and I, uh, I worked for NFL publishing for years. Uh, our division got, ironically enough, our division got laid off, downsized because they were starting NFL network. Like if you follow the business of the NFL, like when they're, when they're doing stuff, like we're starting NFL network and they need 50 people, like they fire 50 people before (laughs) they hire 50 people. So anytime, so every time you're, you're on NFL.com, people always ask me like, how do I get a job there? I'm like, go to NFL.com, look for a job. Every time you see a job posted, somebody got fired to create that job. Just to tell you there's a there's a net zero, there's a zero sum game here. This is the way the NFL operates um So in any event uh so I got laid off but I was still writing for the NFL, still like doing I was ghostwriting Chris Collinsworth's column writing a couple of other things and then in 2007 they were bringing it back they're bringing it in-house because NFL.com had been part. This is a way longer story than I know that you wanted and I apologize to everybody um this is really intricate. And there's way too many details. And uh, you can only imagine what it's like for producers on television shows. Be like, right, just get to the point. Like you were an intern. You got hired. Boom, you're on TV. There it is. That's all you need to say. But 2007, I went back into the building, uh, worked for NFL.com, worked as a a, uh, editor, doing AP stories, putting in like little like HTML code into stories. Like make sure to sign up the NFL.com newsletter, like whatever, putting the stories on the web. And I went and talked to a guy because, like, when you got when I went back to go work, they're like, "Hey, we want guys who are like serious about being editors and growing in this in this company." I'm like, "Absolutely, that's all I want to do is edit, want to be an editor, copy chief, all that stuff." And then day one, I'm like, "This sucks. I got to write. I got to write. I got a voice that needs to get out. People need people need my opinions." Uh, and eventually, the guy made a deal uh, with me. He goes, "Listen." He's like, you have to edit all the fantasy copy uh, for at the time it was Michael Fabiano who was the uh, the fantasy guy. And they go, you have to edit all the stuff, but you can write your own column and we'll do it like that. I'm like, oh the perfect. yeah, I'd love that. And so uh, and and the good thing about Michael is that like grammatically, he never made any mistakes. so I was like, whatever like he was like, yeah, whatever, it's good. it's good, it's fine. Um, he was very proficient in that. So um, so it was super easy. And then I was writing my own column and then they started doing videos on demand. So they're like, Hey, like you do. And I was, Oh, by the way, I was doing stand-up at this time. So they're like, Hey, you do stand-up. Like, do you mind doing some of these videos? Like it's just better to have like two voices in there. And I'm like, absolutely. So I go in there and I do it. And then we started doing these videos once a week and it was fabs, Lindsay Rhodes and me. And then the following year, they started NFL fantasy live, which was a Sunday morning only show. Michelle Beisner was the host with fabs, Dave Damashek, and me. And then eventually that gives way to the NFL fantasy live show that we kind of know, like I say, we kind of know today I was on a side set. Like that was my thing. I was on the side set, uh, working Twitter, throwing, uh, I, this has got to be great for you. Cause like you wrote one question and like, I've just <laughs> taken up 20 minutes this is ben. what I do. I want to make I want to make your life. This is what I'm doing. I want to make your life easier. Like I don't want you to have to put in like God, where is this guy from? Like where did he go to high school? I'll cover all that. Don't worry. Ask me one question. I got this. This is the this is the stand-up in me though. It's like I got 45 minutes in me. Don't worry. Um, but in any event, like I was on the side set and I was like fun for a quip or two. But eventually, you know, just grew into that role. Started writing a lot more for the uh for the cuz I was doing both. I still had to like work the desk. Hey, I still had desk shifts, but I uh, started feeling myself like I'm on like uh, and I was I was only on. It was funny because NFL Fantasy Life it was Sunday mornings only. It was online only. And then we were on TV like Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday were online only. So of course, I was only on Monday, Wednesday. But still feeling myself like I'm this big star. I'm on this cable TV show, but just kept after it, you know, and uh, eventually it grows. And, you know, then eventually I'm on five days a week. I get an opportunity to do some other things. The uh, we did the Madden show with MJD for a while. We did fantasy and friends. We did NFL League one a bunch of stuff that got canceled, by the way. So I don't know what I don't know what that says about me. Like fantasy Live still holding on maybe. So a lot of things like that so, you know, it was just uh, it was a matter th- through everything. It was just a matter of like not going away, because when I go back and I tell this to anybody, because everybody asks, like, what's the big secret? I'm like, really, it's just like pushing through, like not going away. And there were guys that I went to Cal State Fullerton with, and this is in the broadcasting department, who were much better than me, who were much more talented than me. But for reasons that, you know, uh, whatever happens in life, you know, one of them became like it's like a CEO, like not CEO, but like high up in the Brinker Corporation, whatever company owns Chili's, like he's like a major executive. And there's another guy who's still working for Disney. Like things just happen in life. And I realized that I was very fortunate. And I I did, in addition to that, I did a bunch of other internships. Like I'm kind of glossing over some of the other internships that I did as well. And I know it's easy for me to say that. And I understand it comes from a place of privilege that I was allowed Uh, I always had a, a place to crash, you know, whenever things weren't going well for me, cause there was time, there was one year I made like $19,000 for a year, but you know what? I was able to live in my parents' house and, you know, half the year I was living out of a car or whatever, but like I was able to do that, but, but through it all, it was just like not going away. And I know that a lot of times whenever you're doing something, it can be frustrating, but just realize, you know, it. As long as you can continue to put in the time, and this goes for any profession in the arts, as I like to say, whether it's your podcast, if you're a musician, if you're an actor, if you're a comedian, anything like that, the most important thing is just not going away and just continuing to do it. And even like whatever it is, like I know a lot of people have to straddle it. My friend who is a, he was a, he was an announcer for the WWE. I actually have two of them who are announcers for the WWE are still trying to make their way in sports, but still do wrestling and still do stuff like it's a grind, but you know what? Like you just got to keep after it and just keep persevering. And I don't know. There's, it's not anything like I was great. It was just like, I just wouldn't go away. And I, I won, I won through attrition probably more than anything.
0: It's a great message. So from a failed high school baseball athlete to, an NFL fantasy analyst that's probably the most interesting story that I've heard um on the show and at least
1: it was the longest.
0: <laughs> you know what? you did make my life easy and uh and what a story what a story um you mentioned that you were a fan of the Bears you were born in Chicago yeah. i'm I'm not sure if if that's a soft spot for you based off the last few years of uh, of Chicago and you know I won't go into detail about that but yeah what what are your what are your expectations this this year from the Bears? Are you uh, Justin Field support or do you think that they could crack the playoffs potentially?
1: I should have no feeling on this whatsoever because I'll tell you why. There's a bunch of Angels bobbleheads over there. There's an Arsenal scarf over there. Like the teams I root for are highly disappointing, but yet every year I go into it convinced like this is going to be the year they broke through. Even a couple like a month ago. Two months ago, probably more like two months ago. I was like, well, at least Arsenal is going to win the Premier League. So I I think my teams have finally broken the curse. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, they didn't. Uh, Man City is – but we're in the Champions League, so at least there's something. I really do sincerely believe – I will say this. The Angels aren't as big of a disappointment as a lot of people lead you to believe because now they're starting to – they're showing off their depth a little bit. They're starting to bring up some of their kids. So perhaps they can make a run in the second half – The Bears, to me, are very similar. And if I was going to compare them, I know that the the easiest cop or the most optimistic view is looking at what the Eagles did last year when they brought in A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts, kind of the same situation as Justin Fields is in this year. You know, the Eagles didn't necessarily overwhelmingly believe in uh, Jalen Hurts, which is why they brought in Gardner Minshew to be his backup. But ultimately, it worked out. They go to the Super Bowl. I think that's a little too rich for the Bears just because I think the Eagles offensive line was better their defensive line's a little bit better than where the Bears are right now. But being realistic, what the Lions did last year was a pretty uh pretty copyable, like a pretty like a, an easy blueprint to follow.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, the Bears could go out there and be on hard knocks. And then people will follow because like whatever teams on hard knocks, you inevitably just love them unless it's the Texans or the Falcons. But Justin Fields is great. Like people will love him. And then you go out there and you're just spunky, you know, and you go out there and win some games. You finish with nine wins. Now, obviously the Lions didn't make the playoffs, which was kind of a shock. I mean, nine wins. do you think? But, you know, if they can have that kind of success of like nine wins, good momentum, they've got the Panthers pick. So you really just need the Panthers to be terrible, which watching Baker Mayfield throw a football today, I'm like, well, they're going to win at least two games. But, you know, I, I think optimistically, and I think I'm trying to remember what I gave them, 10 or 11 wins. I also won't go on TV and be like, yeah, they're going to win seven. Games. I'm like, I'm not going to do that because, like, it shows up in Hallis Hall and, you know, like, but I do believe it. Like, every you can make a case for just about every team, except for the Cardinals and the Bucks the Colts. Like, you can make a case for about any team. Like, lay hey, if things break right, 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 you start to get a little momentum. But, you know, the thing that makes it reasonable, a reasonable expectation is that Justin Fields is so good. And I really do believe that he's going to take a leap this season. His passing skills are what got him to the NFL. He's a fantastic athlete. Freakish athlete. But he has got the skills that can help him get to that next level, especially as a passer, especially with DJ Moore. So I think the, I I think this, this bears team is going to win double digit games, whether that gets them into the playoffs or not. I don't know. Depends on how good Detroit does some of the other teams, but I think it's going to be a very good team. And I think it's going to be a very entertaining team. And like the lions last season, I think a lot of people will uh, rally around the bears as long as us fans don't act like idiots, but I can't, I, I can't guarantee that. <laughs>
0: No, I've seen you preach a lot on Justin Fields on your page. Obviously, you're a big supporter of him. And especially in a weaker conference like the NFC, there's definitely an opportunity there for the Bears to kind of explore with their talents and and potentially win, you know, double-digit games and make a playoff appearance maybe in a wild card. Um, You spoke of DJ Moore and Justin Fields, that new connection. I want you to rank these. Hmm. Rank, hilarious. Uh <laughs> talking about DJ Moore, there's three receivers around his fantasy value right now. We have Calvin Ridley, Christian Watson, and then obviously DJ Moore. All three of these wide receivers are being placed in somewhat new positions this year. Obviously Calvin Ridley first year with the Jags, Christian Watson now without Aaron Rodgers, and DJ Moore on a whole new team. How do those three receivers rank for you and maybe what are you thinking for DJ Moore this season?
1: I like Christian Watson as a person. I had an opportunity to meet him at the NFL rookie premiere last season. Really liked him. Him and Romeo were delightful human beings, which really pains me. I just don't like the quarterback situation. When, when, when players are this similar and this close together, I always do look at the quarterback situation. So I look at, you know, Jordan love. I have the most questions about him. Like, honestly, I don't think that's a hot take. I'm not besmirching him. I think he's a fine talent. He's the worst. and Green Bay of the three teams probably has the best defense, probably going to rely on the run the most, which is going to hurt some of his value. That's not saying that Christian Watson is the worst of the three. Although I kind of think that he, I would rank him third uh, as a player as well, but I think opportunity is going to cost him in this exercise as well. What I really like about Calvin Ridley is that Trevor Lawrence is not going to steal touchdowns uh, running, even though Trevor Lawrence is probably more athletic than people give him credit for he's not going to see a lot of touch. He's not going to take a lot of touchdowns away from, from Calvin Ridley. There is, there is something to be, uh, you know, both these guys are going to be working with a quarterback for the first time. I really love Calvin Ridley's opportunity. I really do think that this is somebody that I'm mistakenly going to go all in on this. This feels like the kind of team I'm going to have, where I'm going to have like Devante Adams will end up with Garrett Wilson. And then maybe if, you know, if Calvin Ridley is still there, when I get a chance, I'm going to go on, you know, I'm going to go on and do that. So I love him. And I think that DJ Moore is really good too. I really do. I like DJ Moore. I just believe that the bears will run more. The threat of, of, of Justin Fields taking away touchdowns and they're probably going to run it. I mean, when they drafted Darnell, Wright, That showed me they were committed to running the football and they're going to stick to it. It's one of the reasons why they went out there and they got Rashawn Johnson and so I love DJ Moore. I think that he's going to be a very good wide receiver. I think both him and, and Calvin will be good wide receiver. twos. Ideally, if I could get them at, as wide receiver threes is what I would really love to do. But uh, objectively, I would have Ridley there, even though we haven't seen him play football in over a year. I just think that uh, he, he comes into a, a pretty good position, a pretty good opportunity. And uh, I'm going to go, I would go with him. Although who knows when I'm sitting there, I've had a couple of zemas in me. I right. might end up I might end up just taking DJ Moore just cuz it's fun to root for your guy. Uh-huh. Although I had this thing too like I always had trouble with DJ Moore because he is volatile. He is a volatile player. Mm-hmm. Like I would always like as you know like and it's it wasn't like you would you would look at it and be like the matchup Falcons give a Falcons a bad example cuz like he did kill them the other week, or didn't? But like it would be a, an advantageous matchup, and you would be like, we're playing DJ Moore, and then yep. DJ Moore would not come through, and then because I draft so many great wide receivers, I'd be like, I can't start him this week over the guys that I already have, because I play a lot of two receiver leagues with mm-hmm. no flex, just because I think it it really pushes you, uh, to really have your analysis down pat. And uh, missing some opportunities, so he was always a volatile player for me. But still, one of my favorites. Cam Newton was like that too. Uh, no shock. It's another Carolina Panther. I still believe that he can have more consistency with the Bears than he did with Carolina, but it's still going to be it's going to be tough because Justin Fields is going to be you know he's he's his own goal line vulture, so it, it is always tough in that sense.
0: Yeah, no kidding. DJ Moore has been. Like he's been great, really consistent, but it's just like upsetting. It really is when he's scoring like five, six touchdowns a year. And you can credit a lot of that to the way that Carolina was operating. He never really had a secure quarterback situation at all. So he comes to Chicago, and I'm really hoping that Justin Fields and him can form that relationship, and DJ Moore can maybe put up more than five touchdowns a year. Maybe he'll get eight. And and I have full confidence that he'll remain that a thousand plus yard receiver that we've seen him. I think in the past five or six years. So that's what I'm expecting. I also really like Calvin Ridley, as you mentioned. That Jags offense is looking fantastic. Before we end here, Adam, one sleeper who you think right now mm. might win your league, might win your league. Anybody listening in right now can come back and say in May you told him a sleeper that in could win the May. In May.
1: How deep do we want to go?
0: It's up to you. It's up to you.
1: Let me pull up. I, I was just starting to put together my big board because we we sit here. June is around the time that we really start getting into mm-hmm. like when people are really starting to tune in to uh, let me see if I can pull up this document. I'm actually doing my state of the franchise. Did I mention I'm doing my state of the Fr- I think I told you in the mm-hmm. green room mm-hmm. uh, my state of the franchise is going to be happening. Uh, Actually, the Eagles episode dropped on Tuesday, the day after America's Memorial Day. We dropped it with the Eagles, and I'll go through all 32 teams. So I'm starting to do this. I got to do this hand-in-hand because I also have to do, you know, real football. But, you know, talking ball is talking ball. And I was looking at – all right, I don't know if he counts as a sleeper, but a player that I really like this year – Uh, Because I already wrote about the uh, Washington Commanders. Jeez, I got to stop and think. Like, what can I call them? Um, The Washington Commanders. I really love Antonio Gibson this season. I don't know if that counts as a sleeper for you. And if people are going to get upset and they want to be like, Frank, come on. I know we've heard of him. Like, we've heard of Antonio Gibson, but he hasn't really taken that leap. And I really do believe that this offense, and I know that they've talked about, Getting him more opportunities. It was one of the things that Ron Rivera and who's there. OC's oh, not shot. No, Schottenheimer's in Dallas. It's not Scott Turner still. Who is the guy? Gosh, I just wrote about this. Is how it goes in one ear, one out one out the other. Uh, I was working on the Rams today, so I was talking about Mike LaFleur. But I really do believe that Antonio Gibson has a huge chance to to make some strides this season. You know, he's learning a new position it always was funny to me that they didn't give him enough pass catching opportunities considering that he was a wide receiver in college. Like it was always baffling to me. Like why, how have they not fixed this? So I think that with a young quarterback like Sam Howell, or even if they have to end up going with Jacoby Brissett, he's going to end up getting a lot of targets. Now, obviously Terry McLaurin is there, but, I could see Gibson ending up being as the second most targeted guys. And I know Doc people love Doxton as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that Antonio Gibson could could sneak in there as their number two most targeted pass catcher uh, if they choose to use him that way. I mean, again, this, it's coach speak in May and June, so who knows what happens once the, uh, once the plays start getting called. I still like him a lot. I think that he's been undervalued. I think he kind of goes under the radar. I think if you're one of those people who drafts using the hero RB strategy where you're going to go out and like knock it out of the park and you're going to get Christian McCaffrey, uh, with your 1.01 or whatever it is you're going to do. And you're like, and you want to wait on a running back. I think Antonio Gibson is one of those guys that will be available to you as your third running back or somebody like that, who can end up paying dividends for you. I'm curious because I don't have a good feeling record wise of what's going. Oh, Eric B enemy. Gosh, dang it. I'm an idiot. Yes. Eric B enemy. Um, I don't know. I forgot that one. But, yeah, I, I think of what Kansas City has been able to do with guys like Isaiah Pacheco and Jet mm-hmm. McKinnon that Eric Biennemi could get the most. The only thing that I fear is, like, what happens? Because, like, if Washington ends up losing a couple games early on, like, how quickly do they sack Ron Rivera? Because I feel like at some point this year, Ron Rivera is going to get fired and Eric Biennemi is going to be promoted to to head coach, especially if the sale goes through and they're trying to create some goodwill within the community, um, their idea would be like, yeah, let's just give the enemy this out and see what he can do. But I'm interested to see. So I knew, I knew, I, I, knew, there, I, I knew there was a reason for Antonio Gibson. Sorry. Uh, I should be better prepared. Again, it's not June 1st. I don't know when this is dropping or when you're listening to this. It's still May as I'm talking to you right now. So give me a little bit of a break. Uh, I it, I got there. I did get there. It took me a second. But uh I this was the family feud. I know Steve Harvey would have rang the buzzer already, but hey, listen, I got there. I think I think Gibby could be pretty good for you this season. And so given his eighty, I haven't his ADP's low. Can I look up his ADP? Is that uncouth?
0: Absolutely. I don't know.
1: I always hate when I go on and like watch a website and there's just like a guy sitting there on his computer the whole time. I'm like, don't you know this? How does this not come to mind? Although I sat here it took me a minute to figure out Eric Biennium. Eric Biennium, one of the biggest stories of the offseason. That's why it threw me off. Schottenheimer, oh, I recall that in a second. Kellen Moore's in L.A. No problem. Biennium. is going to end up being the head coach. So if I'm looking, who did you say you use fantasy pros?
0: Yeah, I was using fantasy pros.
1: I'm going to get out my old man glasses. Let me see. Fantasy pros, I might
0: have this one bookmarked. Okay. He's he's sitting right now at, at ADP 40 for running backs.
1: You're kidding me. Yeah. So somebody in a draft is going to be taking Javante Williams ahead of him, <laughs> Damian Harris, yep. Tyler Algier, mm-hmm. Alexander. Ma- uh, let's see what happens with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Rashad White, get yep. out of here. Hey, oh, you. Be the person who takes Rashad away. Oh, by the way, let me tell you something about DeAndre Swift, too. I swear to God, people are going to go crazy for this, and they're going to overdraft DeAndre Swift, and I cannot wait for it. It, what, What do you think is going to be different in Philadelphia that was different in Detroit? Like, Detroit had a great offense, great offensive line, great opportunity for him. He couldn't do it. And they're like, well, Dan Campbell didn't like him. I'm like, for a reason. Dan Campbell likes winning football games. Like he's not benching a guy out of spite. Like that's, I don't know. I don't get it, but I think with Rashad Penny, uh, Boston Scott, like, why are you guys going in on Deandre Swift? Like, Oh, you just have it. You just, I think this is a problem too, is that a lot of times people plant their flag on a player so early. I just think for the price, I'm not going to buy in. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know what? I would rather—I don't know—I would rather uh, draft somebody else other than DeAndre Swift. But that's just me. If he falls to me in the thirteenth round, yeah, I'm in. But I—he's going to be gone long before that, just not by me.
0: No, and I think the Antonio Gibson sleeper pick is it's it's genius because he's he's so low, and we saw the way that the Falcons used Cordell Patterson a few years ago, where he was effective in the run game, but also as a fantasy value, he was fantastic. Probably even more effective uh, receiving the ball out of the backfield, and they even had him landing up as a wide receiver. So if Antonio yeah. Gibson could fill that type of role in Washington on a team that has you know, a very good defense, which kind of flies under the radar. We could see Washington have a pretty decent season and Antonio Gibson could sneak into the top 20 running backs, maybe by the end of the season. So definitely a possibility. I love the pick.
1: Thank you. I, I think they're going to be bad. I think they're <laughs> going to have to throw the ball lot. Well, and it, it also too, like whenever you're doing your predictions and which I do a lot of the quarterback, it always, it basically comes down to like how good's your quarterback. Like, Because a lot of stuff being equal it's like, I just look at the situation where Washington could be in the general patent mode, just like full tank commander ready to go. We're going to go get T- Caleb Williams, Tampa Bay is in the same boat. Arizona can have an interesting decision. The team that should be tanking is the LA Rams. What the LA Rams need is they need the Colts to be the worst team in the league. But they need, they need, they need what, what the bears did this year. Like if, you look at the Colts, the best possible scenario for the Colts is for them to have the season that the Bears had this past year, where it's like super fun. It was entertaining. You watch the quarterback and you're like, okay, we love the quarterback. We don't need to worry about that. We're good there. We're we're losing these entertaining games, just you know, losing thirty-eight to forty, whatever it is. That way you get the number one pick, cause the bears showed this year that Bryce Young is a fine player, but it's not going to be not comparable to what Caleb Williams would be able to fetch a team that finishes with the first overall pick who doesn't need a quarterback. Like if Arizona finishes with a, with the first pick, they have to take him. They have to get rid of Kyler. Right. There's not many teams that could be terrible. And so like Cleveland, I guess would probably, cause they're so locked into their quarterback that they wouldn't be able to do that. But, I think uh I think Washington has that ability. Like the defense is good enough, like you said, like they could be a sneaky, sneaky good team. Last year, uh, I'll wrap up on this because I gotta go. We got Tyler, by the way. If uh if you're a Bears fan and you haven't subscribed to the Sick Podcast yet, please do. We're gonna have rookie Tyler Scott on this week's episode to take it to the rank. We're gonna talk to him about the process of the draft, what it's like playing with Justin Fields. But I don't know what my, my what my point was. The Bears were fun. That was it. Oh, the Commanders. Oh, I did predictions. So the last year I did the uh the Commander's prediction. I'm like, this isn't going to be a very good team. They're going to be bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Commander fans upset. How dare you? You know nothing about football. They start one and four. They all disappear. <laughs> Except for this one guy who works for uh, NBC Washington. He's like, Rank did it again. He knows this team. And then they get that miracle win over the Bears, partly because my guy, uh, Valus Jones, fumbles the uh, – or muffs the punt. Oh, the worst loss of the season. Darnell Mooney doesn't catch that ball at the goal line. Um, There's my notification telling me to go get in. Um, But I will say this. Like, then they, they went on a, a little win streak. They put together a number of wins. And then their fans are out again. Like, ah, we told you. We're better, and then they go on their bye week, and they come back, and they lose, I think, the rest of their games. They might have won their last game against Dallas, but the same thing. And I think, like, Washington could be in that mix again, where it's like, "Ah, they're they're winning more games than they should. They're really handcuffing themselves because they're winning too many games. Uh, But they're going to be – I think they're going to be in a position where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, which I think, Johnny, was your point. So they'll throw the ball a lot. Antonio Gibson will feast. And you can come back to this this video and be like, oh, my God, rank every once in a while. Not a lot. But every once in a while, knows what he's talking about.
0: Pretty good idea. Yeah. Now, the one thing Washington did have last season was that win against the Eagles, which they're probably still, oh, you no. know, they're still carrying. They're still carrying on their back. Oh, their yeah. accomplishment of last season. Uh, but yeah, Anto- Antonio 100%. Gibson, lock it in for your drafts coming up in August. Adam, thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Johnny V, it was a, it was a privilege, uh, to do it. Thanks for having me and, uh, let's do it again sometime. And if I'm right about Antonio Gibson, you
0: know, damn well, I will be back to, uh, to (laughs) gloat about it. Awesome. Thanks, Adam. Thanks everybody who came on to watch and we'll catch you in the next episode.